0: Welcome to the latest edition of Steelcast. Not many people will have been surprised when the UK government extended the so-called lockdown for at least another three weeks. The term new normal has become rather overused, but it demonstrates that large swathes of the population, those working and those not, have become adjusted to a way of working and a way of living that was almost unimaginable only a few weeks ago. And whatever that new normal might look like to people, the feast That is aligning activity to demand has not stopped moving, certainly for the UK steel industry and the markets in which it operates. This week and next more employees around the UK will be asked to go on furlough and production lines will be paused. The government's extension to the furlough scheme, while being a welcome cash cushion for many businesses, in many ways creates more uncertainty around when we might expect business to pick up. My name is Tim Rutter and each week I'm speaking to some of those people responsible for navigating us through some of the most turbulent waters any of us have ever seen. So far on these podcasts, we've spoken with leaders of some of the major and iconic UK operational sites. Ptolda, Llanwerne, Shotton, Corby, each facing up to different challenges operationally and in their particular market sectors. Today, however, we're going to take a slightly different angle and talk to someone whose team touches pretty much every single part of the UK business. She leads a function that may, until recently, have been classed as one of the unsung heroes. It's a function that has an influence on everything, from iron ores and coals from across the world, to energy and fuels, people and expertise, right down to paper clips and everything in between. And as we'll hopefully find out a bit more about today, those all important items, face masks, gloves, wipes, hand sanitizers. So joining us on Steelcast today, is the UK's Director of Procurement, Joanne Lane. Jo, great to have you on the pod today. A very warm welcome to you.
1: Oh, thank you, Tim. It's it's great to be here and uh, part of the new way we're trying to reach people, wherever they are, um, I'm not sure I ever thought I'd feature on a podcast, so a uh, great opportunity for me um, and to share with you really how hard the team are working to support our operations here in the UK. So thanks.
0: Yeah. So maybe now um, we might say unsung heroes no more. Your Your function procurement may never have stood so long or so proud in the spotlight, I guess. They say, you know, yeah. cometh the hour, cometh the man or the woman in your case. Uh, you guys must have had one hell of a time and a hell of a task and a, and a hell of a responsibility. Uh, you know, how has your team been bearing up over the last sort of four or five weeks, especially?
1: Uh, Tim, the, the team have a huge amount of experience. Uh, these guys have been leading and managing categories for several years. They understand the market that they're operating in. They have very good supplier networks across the globe. Um, and they really understand uh, what they're dealing with and balancing uh, cost um, pressures that we're starting to see against the need to secure supplies for our UK operations. I'm yeah. pleased to say that really the team are in excellent spirits um, very very positive um and of course uh, the team in the UK don't just work in the UK uh we buy in many different commodities um across europe uh we have offices in shanghai um and of course it's been a massive period of adjustment for these people because during this sort of pandemic they've also learned to work from home working across their dining room tables on their children's desks <laughs> um, trying, trying as best they can to um, meet the, the personal challenges they're facing and obviously the, the markets in the dynamic but uh, they're doing exceptionally well.
0: Yeah and I guess uh, you know we're saying about procurement being in the spotlight and everybody wherever they work you know uh, you know, from the co in Portobello to the finishing lines in Corby and Hartlepool and places, will recognise the role of a procurement maybe more than they've ever done, but maybe sometimes forget that that a lot of this is being done from you know dining tables and and, and attic rooms ac- across the country, and we and we we do well to not forget that.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean the the team have been very very innovative and uh, um and and have done that with a really positive attitude and I think that generally across the function when we're working so remotely has been an absolute lift for the team. Um and and obviously the support is there for our operational colleagues to try and g them on because of course it's yeah. it's difficult for those guys too.
0: It does make you wonder what we might have done you know 10 or 15 years ago before you know we had zoom or skype or teams or you know online conferencing i mean people would have been on their house phones and racking up bills and (laughs) it's almost unimaginable isn't it you know quite privileged Uh, in terms of the technology we're able to use and
1: uh, absolutely but
0: uh, but, uh, joe it's another good point you raise about these conflicting challenges that the team are facing because you know cash seems always to be critical in our business and you know the challenge your guys is about you know, not just managing costs at the moment, but but in some instances it's about securing supply at all for some of these items. You know you know I know at home we sit here at home and and we and we put up with extra costs for shopping being delivered or you know prices for some items going up just to make sure that that we've got some. you know we've kind of got that bug of the cost, just let's get something in the house. And I wonder if it's the same in procurement. How are you facing up to those sort of challenges?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, managing costs in the supply chain is is essentially what procurement organisations are about. Um, in procurement in Tata Steel, I would say it's part of our DNA to control costs and um, as as you've just alluded to there in our day-to-day lives, we're seeing significant increases in the items that we buy on a weekly basis and that's exactly the same across our range of commodities. Um, We're naturally, I think, very frugal people and have that cost challenge in the back of our minds. Yeah but we do understand that at times like this then uh, we can't and we shouldn't put the people that we support or any of our assets at risk because of any cost um, implications that we see in so the team are very very um, pragmatic in what they're doing um and ultimately of our sort of three uh, strategic objectives security of supply mm. is first and foremost at the moment
0: yeah and it's a very big judgment call for many of your people to make at different levels in the organization between that sort of cost and security of supply and do you are you seeing many organizations sort of making making hay while well the sun shines but you know putting prices up because there's a lack of demand are they kind of holding you to ransom at all are you getting any of that
1: uh we do indeed see uh, challenges um both ways to be honest um, we see companies who may have been experiencing issues prior to the pandemic raising issues around prices um, and and demanding that we review um, we've seen other companies who have taken especially in the uk furlough action mm. um which has resulting in us seeing opportunities with new suppliers so we've experienced um um, both sides of the coin, I would say, where some will absolutely try. and in other instances, because of uh, restrictions that we're all working to, we've mm-hmm. actually opened up new sources of supply which actually are advantageous to us not only from a security supply perspective, but in terms of um, the value proposition that that offers to. So a bit of both I would say is is yeah. fair.
0: And it might be something we come on to a little bit later, but, you know, in your game, I'm guessing long term relationships are a core part of what you do. And therefore, there's a level of trust that's been built up. And, and if you break that trust, there's a, there's an impact to that long term relationship. But on the other side of it, you've, you've had to look for, for new outlets and new markets and so forth. So, you know, I wonder what that long term picture of procurement looks like. It, will it be very different from what it looks like today, do you think?
1: I think there certainly are challenges, um, and not just in our industry, but across the UK. Um, there's been a tendency to uh, rely on single source. Um, yeah. Those single sources have never let us down, but in situations like we find ourselves in, that is becoming more of a challenge, and that risk is more difficult to to control. So I think there will be a change in our strategy going forward. Um, clearly um, the suppliers who do support us and continue to support us will always remain a feature of our uh, supply chains but it does it does indeed offer us new opportunities because we're looking harder and further afield for that support and and different outlets.
0: Yeah and I think uh, you know it is interesting times I was talking earlier about you being in the spotlight and people may have had their 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 own assumptions about uh, you know what procurement to get involved in (laughs) but it it really is everything isn't it you know and I think about when people look at our business and industry analysts and marketeers will be looking at you know how car production is going how the construction industry is bearing up but you guys are kind of looking down the other end of the telescope in in some respects and you're looking at all of those supply chains which supply all the the millions of things that a steel industry needs to keep going you know how many things are there that could actually stop our business?
1: Oh, Tim, so many of uh, what we utilise I, uh, is procured from the ores, energy, uh, gases. Um, a lot of engineering expertise is brought in to support our repair and maintenance schedules. The PPE that we issue to our employees, we have in the UK over 700,000 spare parts. <laughs> the logistics to even to even get this um this stuff to us you name it um, a million or so things have to be in the right place at the right time uh, to keep our operations going. Uh, a significant number of items, I would suggest, would impact us.
0: Yeah it is quite an extraordinary operation that you look at the complexity and the number of suppliers and supply chains and like you say they have to be in the the right place at the right time H- hard enough in the in the best of times let let alone when yes. uh, you're mostly team working at home and lots of industries are closing down or furloughed and and, and it's affecting the whole world so yeah, yeah. really really complex clearly and uh, you mentioned there Joe about PPE uh, yes. and you know maybe we can move on to the hot topic of of the day uh, which is face masks um, oh, yeah. and now uh, you know that that you know let's say say overwhelmed you but you know because you've got so many other things to concentrate on as, as well but tell me a bit about the pain your team must have been having to go <laughs> through to get to get masks um for, for you know what to a large extent in the steel industry are, are sort of usual commodities but uh, for for dusty operating environments but tell me a bit about what's been going on with with face masks
1: oh, absolutely yes in, in in a sense it's not a um commodity that we don't buy. As you rightly point out, we buy a different range of face masks for our different operations across the UK and indeed TSE. Um, what has been unprecedented is the level of demand and the pace at which that demand came at us. So mm. we're currently looking at over a thousand percent increase in demand. Um, as a result of um, social distancing legislation that we see in across the the various areas that we support. Mm. Um, We've seen frontline workers who can't um, access this from the NHS or our contractors who work on our site, um, part of our team, we're seeking to help those guys. So that's over and above the thousand percent increase we've seen directly ourselves. So it's been a real challenge to meet the demand in such a short space of time, given that a lot of manufacture, of course, was in areas like China that shut down very early on in this um, pandemic. So working with we've got a good distributor and supply um, partner channel um, in the sort of PPE arena and working with those guys. We've tried to seek out every new opportunity that we can to tap into new manufacturing outlets. The team have been spot buying, so wherever we can see um, commodities or manufacturing slots that are available, we're securing those as quickly as we can. Um, And really, it extends past the face masks. The requirement for janitorial products has similarly um, experienced this sharp increase. Um, Hand sanitizers for our our workforce, um, literally barrels and barrels of of, of sanitizer being sent in and very innovative ways to distribute that across our sites in the UK. antibacterial wipes. Uh, we forget that people are sitting in control rooms and at their desks um have to clock in. It's really, really important these products are available so that uh, the workforce um, can keep themselves um, safe in those environments. So the, the the supply chain is beginning to settle down. We have secured uh, new outlets. It is going to be challenging as we adjust to the new levels that we now require. So, I guess a few more weeks of trying to balance this out, um, yeah. and hopefully, um, as I say, we'll get the the flow with this material really running in the right direction for us.
0: Yeah, because like you say, you know, we're not the only ones trying to get this stuff. Everybody in the world is trying to get stuff. So it must be a a, a battle on your hand. And You mentioned, Joe, there about, you know, spot buying or or looking at new um, suppliers of many products, not just the the PPE. And, uh, you know, having to set up those arrangements pretty quickly. Now, you know, I can speak from personal experience, Joe, uh, if if you don't mind me saying that. (laughs) You know, getting a new supplier into the books is is quite a difficult process traditionally. (laughs) Uh, and I've I've known it takes several months before, and you're doing this now in a matter of you know, seemingly hours and days. And you know how how a, how do you do that? And then B, how do you make sure that those supplies are legit? You know the the, the, the terms they're supplying on are are, are appropriate. Um, they've yeah. got suitable accreditation and all that sort of stuff. That might be it. Must be hugely complex, but especially at a time like this when it needs to be relatively urgent.
1: Oh, absolutely, and yeah, I I, I accept the challenge you made down there. (laughs) Absolutely, Um, yes, I, I. We we are essentially following the same rigorous process. We have a duty to supply to our workforce quality products, um, and to do that we have a set of criteria which as a company we adhere to and are still adhere into. The difference is is we've had to put resource to um the wheel to get this flowing in the way that we want it to flow, um, the response that we've had from experts within our health and safety teams um to test yeah. new products, to work with us on new manufacturing opportunities. So getting those samples shipped in as quickly as we get them, getting them tested, and then really pushing hard to uh check um as rigorously as we normally would, but in altogether different time time scales in the current environment because clearly if we aren't able to place an order as you rightly say somebody else will step in and and and, and rightly take that 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 yeah. order and use it so uh, essentially the same process but far more emphasis on on making that work faster uh, and the team really pulling together to get that done
0: yeah, and we talk about a new normal. I guess, careful what you wish for, because I think <laughs> this is all over. I think yes. a lot of people have been knocking on your door saying, look, you could do it then. Why can't you do it now? So, uh, uh, that'll oh, be interesting to watch. <laughs> but I guess if, if we move away from the world of face masks, Joe, into, and, and san, sanitising and things like that, you know, the, your team is facing challenges on a whole host of things. I remember being on a conference call a couple of weeks ago. And they were saying the number of supply issues—they they termed it—was was over a hundred. What sort of issues are you facing other, otherwise?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, currently on our supply issues register, there are uh, around 130 open items and they range across uh, a number of our commodities. We've seen um, original equipment manufacturers across the globe suspend their operations. Um, And what's that mean for us? Well, we had orders with those OEMs. We had items in the manufacturing process that literally came to a standstill overnight. Delivery dates um, have been pushed back, um, some of those indefinitely, um, and these might be for spare parts, for new equipment for our sites. Um, and again, that has resulted in some of the maintenances needed to be rescheduled. Um, yeah. Obviously, um, experienced engineers who work for these OEMs, um, who were scheduled to come to our sites and support us, have had to defer indefinitely. Um, These guys, like us, are seeking all ways to protect their staff. So that's caused significant issues. Um, Quarries and mines even have shut um, and literally left us with um, no real alternatives, and we've had to quickly seek out um, options that help um, fulfil the gaps that we're seeing. I think even one of the first issues we saw for TSE was around magnesium supply, very very critical to our operations. And as a result of what China were facing at the start of this pandemic, uh, this was one of the first uh, supply risks that was. Spotted, so our, our teams essentially their daily activity focuses on really close dialogue with our suppliers every day, touching base with them, understanding what uh, disruptions are in their manufacturing process um trying to avoid then uh short term um inventory issues working with them to understand what the fulfillment rates on some of these products are going to be yeah. and if indeed that is out past our expectations then quite simply looking for alternatives in the short term to ensure that uh, that we have some stability so yeah. uh, a real real challenge uh, we're seeing things come off the register all the time new things are going on the register so a very rigorous process around that on a daily basis not just in the uk but across across europe
0: yeah and we've mentioned a few times joe about uh, you know sort of global sourcing in, in terms of where materials and spares and, and so on come come from uh, and and we we may forget sometimes you're, a, you're fundamentally a uk-based team and, and and a lot of these places are in different time zones How how do you manage across different time zones from from a center in europe
1: um the team, I would say, are very used to dealing with suppliers and indeed our own team. We do have a team in Shanghai, in China, who we work with to source further afield. So uh, we're very used to um, waking up and having early morning meetings um, yeah. with those guys. Uh, we touch base them every day. So there's daily management that includes those guys, which is very early in the morning, I must, <laughs> must emphasize. I imagine. Um, yeah. And it's, we, most of us are used to getting up and having having emails come in from um those companies and and indeed our own office first thing in the morning um and again building that into our routine so it can be difficult to manage but I I it's part of what we do um and in the main manage manage very well.
0: Yeah, and it's not just those supplier relationships in terms of emails and the contracts and the conversations, I guess. you you still got to get material from one side of the world to the other in, in lots of instances. And I just think that's an absolute nightmare at the moment, isn't it, with, you know, customs checks and border controls and all that So is that a whole, a whole extra piece of work for you guys?
1: oh absolutely um it's been um, a particular challenge obviously of late um we all know and understand uh, that international flights have been suspended and certainly very very uh, disrupted at the moment so a lot of what we buy from uh, further afield is air freight um, there are delays. We've had examples of PP that are scheduled to leave on a Tuesday, and we find on the Friday the flight still hasn't gone. Um, even when the flights are then leaving, the customs clearance in each of these destinations is quite protracted at the moment. Um, and even examples of ports across Europe where there's a, a, a level of backing up which is causing um, a few delays across right. our, our consignment. Um, we try to expedite as best we can our consignments from the minute it leaves the supplier to the minute it lands. Um, despite our best efforts, we have had a few examples over the last uh, few weeks where we we can't find goods in transit they eventually and guys eventually locate it in France instead of in Schiphol but um, we have to work hard with our suppliers and their agents to make sure we keep on top of that and of course, going forward, as uh, manufacturing operations across the globe post their quarantine measures start to resume, we're going to see, I, I guess, a, a larger pinch point there, which uh, will have to be quite close to to make sure we get through what we need when we need it.
0: It really is an extraordinary story and, and so much more complex than, than anyone outside of your function might imagine <laughs> i'm sure joe jo, conscious of time but finally i must i must mention uh, something you guys in procurement have been supporting uh that is truly heartwarming and i think um, you know most people in the, in the organization will, will have had uh, some awareness of it uh, through our social media channels and internally but you guys have been using the buying power that Tata steel has to source extra supplies of PPE to help our frontline care workers. Tell me a bit about how that came about and how that's been going.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've had some um, really uh, sort of pleading emails. Um, Initially at the start of the pandemic, um, some of the local health authorities had reached out to us and asked us about how we procure, where we procure from, um and and asked for our support in sharing supply chains, which of course we were more than happy to do. Um and, and build up a, a very good rapport with um many of these organizations. But it it's it extended a lot further than that from sharing information to then understanding um the the real stories behind what we see in the press uh, yeah. people who would ring us up and explain what they're facing on a day-to-day basis and the threats that they see um and across the last month i think we've helped over 20 different organisations in the region supplying them with products that um aren't absolutely vital for the steel industry where we had stock so things like gloves aprons um goggles some overshoes uh fairly small things to us that have yeah. brought a huge amount of comfort to people either working in the NHS working for uh, health authorities um even uh, funeral homes and charitable organisations um and I know across Tatar Steel that we are very um generous in that respect. And you know, I'm reading constantly about colleagues in Hartleypool, in Corby, in Shoton, in Trostra, who've all done the same and shared some of those products um that they have no immediate requirement for with different organisations. And of course as a and technically an engine urine organisation a manufacturing organisation i can see our guys supporting 3d printing yeah um creating masks and visors for these organizations and again we're trying to help those guys with uh, printing material to try and help them with those supplies so a huge effort not just from the procurement function I would say you know we've all seen um, what these guys are facing and have a great deal of um, support and empathy for what they're facing and have done everything I guess that we can as Tata Steel to, to support these guys.
0: Yeah and I guess it's about doing our bit and uh, you know um, much as we play a role in in the essential supply of materials through to hospitals and you know for food packaging and so on and so forth you know this donations that we're making of of PPE has been, as you said, hugely welcomed in, in the care units a- across the country. And some extraordinary individuals across our organization who have been getting involved in the three d printing and so forth. So you know a real nice uh, kind of note to uh, to to end on in terms of the positive impact of uh, of our organization and your function's role in it. and you know, I'm conscious of a very busy woman, uh, Joe, and um, we've really only touched on a small part of what you guys are up to, but it's still quite extraordinary and quite overwhelming. And I'm sure everyone who listens to this will have learned a, a whole heap more about what you guys do on a daily basis and how you underpin uh, our industry. I suspect, Joe, the spotlight will uh, continue to be on you for some while yet. <laughs> understandably so, given the, the stories you've been telling us today. But uh, I'm sure there's thousands of steel workers and families across the UK and others in the frontline care who will be you know eternally grateful for the efforts your team continues to put in day after day after day.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So thank you very much, Joe, for your time today. We are in total admiration of the skills and commitment of the of the people in in your team and uh, those associated with them, you know wherever they're working, and uh, the role that they're playing in keeping uh, our people safe and our plants uh, running across the UK.
1: Appreciate it. Thank you, Tim. Great to talk to you.
0: So there you have it. Today, a very different insight into some of the people and processes that are away from the operational front line that are needed to keep a steel business going in such extraordinary times. For those of us who thought it was all about making and selling steel, we should now think again. Because without the teams that source everything from fluxes to face masks and gases to gloves, we just wouldn't have a steel business at all. Now, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, why not subscribe to Steelcast on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from. See you next time when we delve into another part of one of the UK's longest standing and most essential industries.